The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings, who are entirely responsible for its content. Sorry, guys, you are on your own. This is the Federal Football Report, a weekly wrap-up of all things burgundy and gold. The Federal Football Report on Federal News Radio. Here are your hosts, Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Federal Football Report, 1500 AM on the radio, anywhere where you hear your fine podcast uh, on your favorite podcast platforms. He's Kevin Stanfield on Twitter, at Stanfield. Kevin, Claude Jennings on Twitter, at Claude J Radio. I hate to say I told you so, but I'm going to, I'm going to correlate the recent success of the Washington football team to this show. Yes. Someone must be listening there in Ashburn. Someone on the coaching staff must be listening to the show and implementing it into what the team is doing. But it is obvious that we, Kevin, are directly uh, uh, correlated to the success of this team. And by the way, we've always been spilling the truth. We've always been telling you guys exactly what needs to happen. It's just now they've been listening. And that's and that's the recent success we've seen with the Washington football team. Just beat up on the Seattle Beat up on, I mean, one by two points uh, on a Monday night football game. Kevin, before I tell you exactly why we are responsible, give okay. me your initial thoughts after this game. Three-game winning streak, right? Three-game winning streak. Uh, you know, I have said for quite some time, 11-6 and six is what I'm gunning for. Well, I've I said it ever since, like, Two and six. <laughs> that eleven and six <laughs> is what I was shooting for. Mm-hmm. But uh two things, two things, well, three things uh stood out to me. The first is all you bums out there who keep saying that we have a new <laughs> a new NFL and running back devalued mm-hmm. and this and that and the mm-hmm. other things, take that. Take mm-hmm. that. This game was on the ground. It mm-hmm. was it was um uh, accented and supplemented by an efficient pass game, but this mm-hmm. game run, uh, was one on the ground. That's the first thing. Second thing, man, Seattle is horrible on offense. Yeah, they they're are. Not, yeah, they're not any good. I don't <laughs> know if Russell came back early. He wasn't that great this year before the injury, but mm-hmm. every once in a while, because see, this is what I said. If you remember the Tampa game, I said that if you hit Brady early enough, he starts thinking about Giselle, and I don't need this, you know. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And, and the same thing, <laughs> same thing with Russ. I think yeah. Russ has got to the point and said, "You know what? I, I got a fine wife, man. I don't. I don't got need Sierra it. at home. Yeah, what am yeah, I doing yeah. out here? Getting what am I doing home? out here? And then it's I'm thirty-five degrees. Why am you I know, getting hit? Right, you know. And, <laughs> and she at home singing Santa Baby. You know, yeah. in a war, in a warm house in a mansion. She's you know got the nice flannel PJs on, cuddled up with the kids. Watching, you know, Hallmark Channel Christmas movies, and he's out there getting chased yeah. down by by Jonathan Allen. Yeah, and for every for the life of me, that's what Russ looked like last night, man. It was my uh, my nephew and I were having a Thanksgiving conversation. If Russ was a top five quarterback, and I said, yeah, without a doubt. And we started naming guys off, and said, well, maybe Russ will slip to the top ten now. You know, guys <laughs> have it in front of Russ, but he looked. He looked defeated last night, you know, and and mm-hmm. even with that, still almost led a comeback to make you know to make this an entirely different show today. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. the third thing I want to say, uh, we didn't win because of the officiating, but it sure didn't hurt because <laughs> a, right. 
a couple of those <laughs> drives that they called defensive uh, pass interference or defensive holding on Seattle. It was it just wasn't there. I, I don't know. Right. The quality of the, of the officiating this year has been uh, subpar. But you add it all up, and we'll just take it as an early Christmas present. They don't ask how. They ask how many. And right. we, <laughs> we had many more, too many more than Seattle had last night. Right. No, absolutely. And, that, and that's the thing. I mean, a win is a win. You take it. Um, you know, you get some bad calls and then some bad calls go against you. It's just the way the league works. I yeah. do think, you know, that the officiating has been crazy this year. And this game was uh, especially bad. But but one reason why, why I want to put the recent success of the team uh, to this show mm-hmm. is simply because we've talked about identity for almost four years. Yes. That we've got to figure out. And it seems like for the last at least four games, uh, maybe maybe five that the football team has realized that this is a run first team. You know what I mean? We've got the line for running. We've got the backs and you can mix and match them. You know, you can go Gibson. You can go McKissick. Uh, you can even bring the local kid from the math. These guys can all run behind this line. It's like the running game, power running game. And And, and by the way, for all those who want to air it out, I understand it's flashy. I get it. It's numbers. I, I understand. Mm. But the one number that actually counts is wins. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I don't know. I don't know how this kind of culture develops with some teams and not with others and other teams develop a different culture. This team, anytime they win, they've had a good running game. You know what I mean? Yes. They've had, yes. I mean, for all that RG3 did for the team in 2012 and all the excitement that was in the area. Let's not forget about a guy named Alfred Morris and That's a running right. game that was second to none in the league. Okay. Let's right. not forget, you know, Super Bowls in the nineties run. Let's not forget the hogs. Okay. So, so, so let's stop with all the, you know, you got to pass, got to be the passing game, got to get receivers gotta, down the field. I'll stop with that. We saw Monday night and we saw it against Tampa. You're not going to control the clock. You're not going to get these long, sustained drives if you pass the ball every down. You've got to be able to run and get four yards and get five yards. And for goodness sakes, when it's third and one or second and one or fourth and one, stop with the shotgun. Get the quarterback (laughs) behind the center and hand it off to the running back to get a full steam ahead. Like like things that make sense. This, This team, and forget the team, this franchise has always been good when they're running the ball. And you saw the identity yesterday. And I get the temptation, whether you're down by three points or down by 10 or you're, or you're up by seven and you want to put a team away, I get the temptation to want to throw the ball. No, don't. Continue to pound the ball. The Washington football team, formerly known as the Washington Redskins, forgive me for saying the name Redskins, don't cancel me. I'm just putting it in errors. They, they have always been good when the when the running game is put first. It's a smash mouth team. It's a smash mouth franchise. It's a smash mouth city with a, with outside of the corporate people, a smash mouth fan base. This is what the team does. And we saw this last night. We've been screaming about it for four seasons. And it looks like someone in Ashburn finally is smart enough. Maybe it's our friend Judy Donaldson, who was a Could guest be. on the show. Is yes, someone yes. smart enough now to listen to the show and tell his coaching staff what to do to get the team back on the right track? 
Well, I, this is a true this is a, a true indication because you know I I uh, follow the analytics of the uh, of our uh, world renowned podcast, and I say world renowned because uh, we see where the podcast is being downloaded, what parts mm-hmm. of the world, and number three, believe it or not, was uh, Thailand. Thailand. I'm not shocked. I'm not right. shocked at all. Yeah, number one Huge is the Thailand. district. Number one. Yeah. Number one is the district, but this is true. Number two, the number two geographic area <laughs> for downloads of this podcast is Ashburn, Virginia. Now, oh, see, really, it surprised me, <laughs> but it didn't surprise me. <laughs> it didn't surprise me. And that's folks, you know, why, why would we, who would lie about that? We can actually prove it. We can we can yeah. go on the back end of the server and we can show you exactly oh, yeah, where. This, yeah. yeah, you know, I'll, I'll I'll post a printout. But look, check, <laughs> check this out, though. The thing about ball control is like they showed the graphic at one point where the, the Washington football team had had the ball like 21 minutes mm-hmm. and Seattle had it like nine. Like it's nine. Like, yep. 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 Right. But and see what that does is it doesn't do a lot for you. You don't see that in the first half, but in the fourth quarter, those defenders have been on that field for that 21 minutes and mm-hmm. they, they, the oxygen is starting to run out and, mm-hmm. and you know, they're gasping for air and there's no and, more adrenaline. That, that's right. You know, and Seattle was, was, was hitting those guys, the, the oh, defense, yeah, yeah, they were doing yeah. some of the best tackling that I have seen in a while. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. after a while, I mean, they're human beings, right? There's only 53 guys on the roster. This well, and, then, and then I hate to interrupt you, but then, you know, you add that into the fact that, yeah, they're hitting, they're tackling. But when they also see that we they see what we see, they see their offense struggling. They see their offense not scoring. And so when you got to go back on the, I got to get a stop again. Oh, we got to get a stop again. It's only a matter of time before you just like, well, geez, Louise, can we get some can we get some help on this? Thing? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And and. And Washington took advantage of it. And that's the formula. As long as they realize that that's the formula, keep listening to this podcast. Don't mm-hmm. deviate from it. Say, tell, you know, and that, you know, builds up something. And, you know, you, something, you know, uh, my grandpa used to say, something rears up in your back. And you say, here we come. <laughs> you got to stop us, right? You know, mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. that's the identity that we've been begging for, that want to, that we've been begging for for years. And it's finally showing up. And just at, at just the right time, because we're catching the NFC at, 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 a, at a point where we thought the Cowboys were, were, were unstoppable and mm-hmm. lo and behold, they're, they're, they're human. We watched uh, Philadelphia this week. Poor oh Jalen Hurts. Poor Jalen Hurts. <laughs> he had a horrible game, but in the end of the game, he was ready and willing and perfectly able to lead his team to victory, and he hit his receiver in a bad spot twice. He hit him in the hands. <laughs> Game-winning <laughs> touchdown passes with no timeouts. He drove mm-hmm. his team down the field. And, mm-hmm. and the Giants, the Giants, um, you know, they were the benefits of, of um, the misfortune at, at, at Philly. But but we're, at, we're, catching the, the, we're on the upswing when the conference – and the division is on the downswing, so they're right. fine for the Well, I mean, and you know, you look at the Giants, and I, you know, I don't think that's a team anybody's got to worry about in the in the conference, uh, Sorry, in, Rodney. In, the, in the division. And but then Sorry, you look Rodney. at the Eagles, <laughs> exactly. They lose to the Giants, and so you're like, okay, that that stops their little hot streak. But who really believes they're, they're a threat? You know, um, uh, anyway, the Cowboys have lost. I think it's three straight, maybe three out the last four or something like that. Um, they And they've got guys who are hurt. Who knows when these guys are going to come back? The head coach just got COVID. They got a quick turnaround where they got to play on Thursday night. Um, then they, then they've got a stretch with it. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's not out of, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that dare we use the word playoffs. 
And there we use use the term NFC East champs to you know repeat. Who knows? The point is that 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 they're in the discussion. And just four weeks ago, it didn't seem like they would be in this discussion that we having. Yeah, yeah, we use the word winning record. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. And, and 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 what's interesting is, and I don't know whether this is a thing with this team or whether it's going to be a thing with uh, our Coach Rivera, but I don't know what it is about the slow starts. I don't know what it is about just all the drama in the beginning of a seat of the season, not knowing what's happening and, and things going crazy, but then eventually somewhat, somehow, some way figuring it out. And they, yeah. it seems like right around now, right around. And, and, and if you got to figure it out at some point, I guess mid to late November is a good time to figure it out. They seem <laughs> to figure it out later in the season. They'll and and, and March, maybe yeah. you add, you, you add figuring out in the late, late of the season, you mix that in with, you know, the rest of the division necessarily falling apart and things like that. That that's the recipe, you know, for success for this team, or at least it has been for the last two years. And I say success in the in in, in the way that we still got to see it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if you if you look at if you focus on the game last night and look look at the the attitude of the team last night as opposed to earlier in the season, there's a lot less confusion. There's a lot less uh, hanging your head. There's a lot less. Uh, uh, finger pointing or guys with arms outstretched saying what happened <laughs> there's a lot mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. And, and you know it's kind of interesting because uh, you never want to see anyone get hurt but that being the nature of the business when it's your time to to be ready you got to be ready and mm-hmm. and guys who have had the opportunity uh, for more playing time because of injuries have stepped up guys like uh uh, the first round pick, Jameen Davis, if it mm-hmm. wasn't for, um, um, and I always have a problem remembering our past middle linebacker's name because he really <laughs> didn't do anything. Um, but <laughs> you, had a, you haven't had to say his name much. <laughs> but, you know, Davis has been playing and developing and, and, and growing. I mean, he's not, like you mentioned the guys, he's not a guy with flash who will mug at the camera or, or, uh, celebrate after he uh, makes a tackle, which because that's his job. He's supposed to right. make a tackle. That's mm-hmm. like every time we do a radio show, we get up and high by yeah, we done a radio <laughs> show. Yeah, that's our job. That's why we're right. here, right? We don't celebrate <laughs> that. We should, but we <laughs> but we don't celebrate that. But see, that's what Davis is. Um, um, guys like Tim Settles, uh, Matt Ioannidis, mm-hmm. uh, uh uh, can't Danny help but Johnson. love Ionitis, by the way. Right, can't right, help but right, love right. Ionitis. And by the way, let me just say this. There's something going on in the NFL, you know, and it's been the last two or three seasons where defensive players, they'll make a play and then they'll run all the way to the end zone and then they'll pose in front of a camera. At first it was cute, you know, but there's got to be limits on it. Like when you're at the 20 or the 10 or the, or, or the 30 or something like that, that's fine because it's not too far from you. Right. But when you're all the way down on the <laughs> other end, and guys are looking at each other like, well, which end do we run to? Which one? And you got to go all the way down to the other end of the opposer, and then come all the way back to go on fourth yeah. down. It's like, just stop with that. Don't do that and don't do that anymore, you know, because it's annoying to watch. Are they really going to run all the way down there to sit in front of a camera and fold their arms, you know, because they're excited about a, a third down stop? Yeah, you figure in practice, instead of saying, hey, what's the move we're going to make if Wilmers gets a pick? Maybe they should spend that same amount of time talking about 
whose man is that? Right. <laughs> am, I, am I covering him or are you? You know, maybe if they spend that much, if they spend the time and they just change over the time they allocate to a celebration practice and just practice a little more on playing defense, you know, I think we'd be even better. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it's the same thing with every team. It's like, honestly, are we all doing the same thing? But anyway, back to the Washington football team. One thing, you know, that I, I and again, I stand by it. There were a couple plays, you know, uh, yesterday because we were recording on a Tuesday where I'm watching uh, uh, Taylor Heineke and I'm just like, Tony Romo, that's that's yeah. who this guy is. You know, it's, it, 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 there's, there's something about the game that he gets cerebrally, right? If I can coin such a term, cerebrally. Yes. Oh, yeah, there's, yeah. Something about, <laughs> there's something about the game that he gets in his mind that that that. If it were just his physical ability, you would understand that he couldn't make it because physically he just doesn't have it. But when you add in what he seems to understand and you add in that want to, like you said, you know, like like you, the mind and the want to, it's like it makes up for physical stuff. And yes. and, and every now and again, he'll throw a pass where you're like, ah. <laughs> and, and, but that's what Romo did. I mean, I mean, even to this day, there are Cowboys fans who, are hot and cold on Romo, where they loved what he was able to do. When when he's good, he's good. But when he's bad, you're just like, oh, come on. And I see Heineke in the same way. Romo or not, you know, you don't – it seems as if for at least the next two years, he could play the exact same way he's been playing this year for the Mm. next two years. And you should, and we could be fine with that. We, 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 we can build elsewhere. We can shore up the team elsewhere and reevaluate him after two seasons from now. I, I think that uh, you don't even have to do that. I mean, it's going to be an either or situation. Um, it's, it's either his team or it's not. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that he needs the support of, um, of, of his coaching staff, even even the ownership, somebody has to give this kid a fair a fair shake. <laughs> I mean, because mm-hmm. what more? It, it it irks me tremendously to the highest point of irktivity to hear someone say uh, he's not a starting quarterback. I beg to differ. Mm-hmm. He starts the games. <laughs> Ergo, <laughs> he's a starting quarterback. I don't know. There's 31 other dudes with the same job in this league. The mm-hmm. ones who ones who take the first snap are your starting quarterbacks, right? That's right. That's right. Granted, you might not have the show pony, right? But you got the workhorse. So, mm-hmm. you know, so let's, let's, let's get off of that. Like people who were like that, that crew who was talking about tanking games so we can get a, a high draft pick and, and, and see how's that working for uh, the jets? How's that mm-hmm. working for mm-hmm. the Jaguars? How, yeah. How's that worked for Denver for the past 10 years, right? How's that with, the, with, with the Bears. I mean, the Bears, you, know, yeah. you, you, you look at some of these guys from, you know, Justin, all the guys who, who were, you know, can't miss. And maybe, and by the way, a lot of these guys are rookies. Who knows how they'll turn out two, three years from now. I think we put too much pressure on rookies because some guys are ready to come in right away. But if you're picking in that top three or four, your team is bad. So to expect the rookie to turn everything around magically is ridiculous. But you look at Justin Fields, you look at Trevor Lawrence, you look at uh, 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 Zach Wilson with the Jets, you look at these guys, they're not, not, get, not getting it done from no. whatever standards you want to but the team is bad. But then you look at Mac Jones in New England, don't have the big arm, don't, you know, but, but, but the coaching staff around him, the team, we're going to figure out how to get this done in a manner that helps him the most, and he's able to perform in that system. 
I wonder why these other teams and but but didn't you think about you think about the dysfunction of those organizations? The Jaguars never been any good. The Jets, they flirt with good at times, but not nearly enough. And the Bears have been a joke since 85. I went to one Super Bowl since 85, but we're not talking about. So the organizations themselves don't seem committed to winning, which is why I am happy for Matt Stafford, even though, you know, the, the Rams are struggling right now that he left the Lions because why should he be another Detroit Lion? who retires in the middle of his prime or late in his prime simply because he's with an organization that decides that they don't want to win. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> why be a part of the jets? Why be a part of the Jaguars? You know, Eli Manning took so much, you know, a uh, 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 strife for his thing with the chargers. Why play there? Why? Why? For what? To be Philip Rivers and be so close so many years, but the organization itself won't do everything it takes to put a winner on the field. Why waste your time? Yeah. Go to the Giants. Yeah, so that's what we have here. We have organization. We don't want Heineke to waste his time, right? <laughs> you know, but but we got to also appreciate what we have as well. And and, mm-hmm. and if this organization goes along that path that you're talking about, that that goes for the splash and and the flash, as opposed to as opposed to doing what it takes to win and to build a team, then then we're no better than the rest of these teams, right? I don't that's know, true. You know, that's true. We're just like the rest of these teams, but we're in a unique position where we don't have to spend all our draft capital on one position. Mm-hmm. And and all these mm-hmm. teams, I mean, they they pretty much dug a hole for themselves because they've you know they've they did what Washington did with the RG three uh, trade, which at the time worked out for all parties concerned. And, and you can look at it in retrospect, Washington still may have gotten the better of that deal. You remember the, the game when Washington played played the, uh, the, the at that time, St. Louis Rams and Jeff Fisher, Fisher not the most, most popular coach in the league. <laughs> As the captains, he brought out all the guys they picked with those draft picks yeah. that they traded. <laughs> I like well, that I level of petty. I do remember yeah, that. I do yeah, like yeah, the yeah, level yeah, of that's petty. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But right now, I mean, I don't want to get off track, but right now we're in a position where we can build around Heineke. We can, mm-hmm. we can build around Heineke. We can strengthen every place else on the team with, with Young and Sweat coming back. We can get, we got depth in key positions and we got some trade bait, believe it or not. You know, uh, the mm-hmm. guys, guys would love to have a couple of our backups right now. And it's been a long time since we've been able to say that. And, right. and, um, and some of the guys who were starting who got injured should remain backups. I'm not going to mention any names, St. Juicy, but. <laughs> another improvement. I mean, you know what? I started all this to say you don't want to see anyone get hurt. Right. But the guys who have stepped up have shown they deserve to play. Mm-hmm. And conversely, maybe that we were doing so well because the guys who had gotten hurt were playing. Mm-hmm. That you're not going to sit Chase Young, you know, for poor play. Montez Sweat, they had him going in and out of some strange situations. Who knows? St. Juicy, for some reason, was getting lit up, and he stayed in the game. But <laughs> now now you seem like you got that core cool group of guys that even, even Del Rio can't mess up. There you go. Even Del Rio can't mess up. We're going to come back on the other end of this break uh, and do a little fake news or not. It's the Federal Football Report on Federal News Network, 1500 AM, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Hi. I'm Mike Richmond of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs with your VA Research Nugget of the Day. Longtime VA transplant surgeon and research scientist Thomas Starzl is widely regarded as the father of transplantation. Although not the first surgeon to perform a successful kidney transplant, he's credited with the first ever series 
of repetitively successful human kidney transplants. They resulted in long-term survival for patients. He carried out the first of those in 1962. He's also credited with performing the first successful liver transplant in 1963. While Starzl's patients succumbed to pneumonia weeks after the liver transplant, it was still considered a huge success and paved the way for life-saving procedures for many others. To learn more about VA research, go to research.va.gov. That's research.va.gov. I'm Mike Richman. The future depends on teachers. Every day, teachers are shaping our tomorrows, starting their students on journeys that will change the course of history. Right now, in a classroom somewhere in the United States, there's a teacher inspiring a future scientist who will make preventing pandemics their life's work, sharpening the mind of an aspiring environmentalist who will help combat climate change, and generating possibilities for a student who will be the first in their family to graduate college. It all starts with teachers who meet challenges with creativity, who reinvent education for the future, who work towards a school system that lifts up every child, regardless of race, income, or zip code, and to enable the full potential of our students, our communities, and our country. Explore a career that leaves a legacy you can be proud of. Shape the future. Teach. Learn more and receive free support at teach.org. United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and America's largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. USDSA assists city county, state, and federal law enforcement agencies through our many varied programs, including free safety equipment donations, free officer survival training, cash donations, and condolence letters to the family of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty. USDSA also offers college scholarships for the dependent children of law enforcement along with the citizen awareness program and thank you cards to law enforcement. These are just some of the ways United States Deputy Sheriff's Association assists America's law enforcement and the citizens they serve. For more information about United States Deputy Sheriff's Association or to see how you can help, visit www.usdeputy.org. United States Deputy Sheriff's Association, taking training to the next level because lives are on the line. Welcome back to the Federal Football Report heard uh, all over the world. Thailand, very popular in Thailand. Uh, Ashburn loves the show and also D.C. Uh, You can hear it on 1500 AM uh, and also anywhere where you get your fine podcast. You know, to to my knowledge, we're the only uh, podcast for the Washington football team that has ever done the the live remote from Aruba. Well, half of us were were in Aruba, but (laughs) But yeah, so we're, we're breaking ground. all kind of records. I mean, we're really yeah, international. Uh, I mean, if you're doing yeah. if you're yeah. doing the show from Aruba, and if you know you've got a fan base in Thailand, that's how you know you're making an impact, man. And it's more <laughs> than just X's and O's and burgundy and gold. It's about touching lives here, and that's, that's what right. we that's what we do worldwide. on the Federal Football Report, ladies and gentlemen. It is Who's time that pit, for- pit bull, Mister Worldwide, right? That's right. <laughs> right. That's exactly a, what we do here. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for uh, America's favorite segment. It's time for fake news or not. It's time for fake news or not. Exactly. You know how this goes. I've got three statements. Kevin lets me know whether it's fake news or not. Kevin, two uh, phrases that you had mentioned uh, in the previous segment. I'm mm-hmm. going to put them together and you let me know whether this is fake news or not. 
Chase Young, trade bait. Is that fake news or not? That's that's a tough one, man, because it depends <laughs> on the viewpoint. It depends on, on the viewpoint. Nobody should mm-hmm. be. That's news. That is yep. news. That's exactly because what I was hoping you'd go with. I that is news. Because Let's talk. Nope. Listen, we break news here on this show. That is straight up news. That, that, you know what? Unfortunately, they're not going to be able to maximize his trade potential unless he comes back with a strong season. And um, that then you might not want to let him go, but still, that's not the point. That's just, you maximize his value. You have to look at him like an asset and, and not a cornerstone to this team because they're proving now that they can they can win without him. They can win without him. So. Uh, hopefully he comes back strong, and he's a major contributor as he was projected projected to be in the in the preseason. This defense now is playing like we looked for them to play in the preseason, and unfortunately, is without Chase. So if he comes back strong and he contributes, he becomes more valuable. And yes, he's he's still trade bait. There'll be nobody at that point. There'll be nobody who isn't expendable except maybe Gibson. Um. McLaurin and Heineke. <laughs> mm-hmm. I 100% agree. I, I want, I, and again, it's not that he, you know we think he'd be a bad player or that he's even the issue with the defense. It's just if the defense can play, or suppose they maintain this throughout the rest of the season, this defense will be just as good as they were last year at the end of the season. And so, if you can, if you can get the results that you had with him without him, and you can get a number one draft pick by yeah. trading him. Why wouldn't you? Because then you can still build the team elsewhere and 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 you still have the same results on the field that you had when you had them. And so That's I'm 100% right. with you. That is definitely 100% news. That's right. And you get right. news like like um uh, uh Sean McVay who who like trade anybody to get anybody, right? Who who did that to get uh I mean to get uh Dominican Sue, Aaron Donald, mm-hmm. uh Mm-hmm. You, you know, he's, he he would try to build a team of Jalen uh, Ramsey. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, Odell Beckham, Odell, Matt yeah. Stafford. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, he'll yeah. do that. There, there's a sucker born every minute. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, there's a sucker born every minute. And if you just wait 32 years, there'll be a head coach somewhere uh, <laughs> at 32 years old. And you can and you can, and you can fool them into thinking they're right. getting value at a certain position. Uh, right. Fake news or not statement uh, uh, number two. Looking at the attendance yesterday, just from television views, uh, the fan base is pretty much checked out as far as going to games. Fake news or not? Uh, that's fake news. Halfway. That's 50% fake okay. news. Okay. And, and so it's, alter- it's alternative facts. Alternative fake. That's what okay. it is. <laughs> <laughs> but the true fans will go. One of my buddies called me yesterday. said, yeah, man, I'm going out there and it's cold tomorrow. See what this was going to do, right? You know, like I'm going to bundle up. It's going to be cold, but I'm going out there. I can understand that. But when it gets to the point where it's, I mean, imagine somebody in Green Bay saying, nah, it's too cold to go to the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And keep that frozen tundra. <laughs> you know, right, we right, have, right. have, you know, unfortunately, half our fan base, the true fan base is no longer with us. And mm-hmm. not because they went to another team. <laughs> they just no longer <laughs> with us. <laughs> right. But the true well, believers, but fortunately, uh, you know, we'll take we'll take the uh, the bandwagon fans. Uh, I think that they will be less likely to sell their tickets to the the to the competition through StubHub or whatever. Uh, the Philly game, you're, you're going to see a bunch of fans because that's 
that's a good uh, road trip for Philly fans. It's only a couple right. hours down the road, so we don't mind that. Maybe even the Giants, right? Um, and interestingly, the way the league did it this year, I mean, they've always won the division games uh, at the end of the season. Not always, but in the past 10 years or so, they've done that, which is cool, which is cool. It, it makes meaningful games in, in the uh, December and January. But but to have like like two weeks separating both Cowboy games and two weeks separating both Eagles games, mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be kind of intense. So I'm, I'm, I'm predicting that you'll see uh, – You'll see some more burgundy on the field, I mean, on the stands, in the stands, than you will blue or gold or green or or whether whatever other future colors are coming here mm-hmm. this year. Uh, but so I'm I'm thinking that's that's I'm leaning more towards that's fake news. I think the fan base, the true fans, are still here, and and once they just take hold of the fact that we're a running team and we're a smash mouth team, we're not a pretty boy team, we're a we're down in the dirt, in your face type team. They're gonna start identifying with that. And, and okay. You know, as soon as you I'm, see I'm, a couple of brawls in the parking lot, you know we've arrived. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to disagree. Where okay. I, I where where I think it is news. Um, the the I think the difference that we saw in the game last night was the fact that there were just not enough Seattle fans to fill the seats <laughs> who wanted to come in to watch that game. Uh, because, I mean, you know, it's been it, it, just along with identity and, and and run the ball has been a theme. Also, you know, the amount of fans from the opposing teams being in the stands has also been kind of a theme we've talked about uh, week in and week out for the last few seasons. And I, and, and, I, and I think that, you know, those Eagles fans are more, um, you know, uh, 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 I guess they're more ten- uh, they won't be as tentative to make that trip uh, or right. the ones who are here to come out and go. Uh, same thing with Giants, same thing with Cowboy fans. And so I, I think that this had more to do with Seattle fans. Either I don't think anyone from Seattle would make a trip to Washington to go to a Monday night game. Yeah. Um, players didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, right. The players clearly didn't want to do that. And, you know, I just, there's just not a bunch of Seattle fans here in the DMV or surrounding area that's in a, you know. Uh, so I, th- I think it had more to do with those fans not showing up than necessarily um, uh fans you know just not showing up because of the cold mm-hmm. or anything like that so I, th- I think i think i think that you know that that uh that one is news all right yeah, statement we, number we, three. Want, we want you to come we want you to be welcome we just don't want you to be comfortable exactly, <laughs> exactly. except for rodney y'all make rodney comfortable because you know he's gone but you know if you want to come here and take the loss and view your team taking the loss you're more than welcome <laughs> you're more that's than welcome. Yeah, right right so that's the only thing that's going to fix that situation is winning win a few games and people be less likely mm-hmm. to take that trip that's it's great. It's, it's, it's great DMV uh, hospitality. We want you to come here, be comfortable, and watch this loss. Uh, right. Fake news in that statement number uh, three. We talked earlier this season about, you know, some of the questionable decisions that Coach Del Rio uh, and Coach um, uh, Rivera was making. Uh, you know what? They get on a hot streak this season. It will buy them, you know, a seat off the hot seat. Fake news or not. Yeah, I begrudgingly say that's news because uh, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> I wanted mm-hmm. to stay on the hot seat because it seems like they perform better on the hot seat. I, I I don't know what happened behind the closed doors, but something has changed. Uh, the 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 offense. I don't know if it was like remember we, I was begging for the players only meeting. Maybe they had the coaches only meeting. It just mm-hmm. didn't. <laughs> but but the but the but we've gone at one point. They showed a graphic last night. Twenty eight. Uh, run plays, 26 mm-hmm. pass plays, right? You right, know, right. <laughs> and that was what you used to uh, strive for: is balance in your offense, a balanced offense. And the offense wasn't balanced uh, 
uh, early in the season. Now it's becoming balanced, and and it's either by design or Scott Turner said, oh, "Let me try this." And not expecting us to to do that. I'm gonna do something innovative. I'm gonna run the ball, right? You know. <laughs> and, and and the same with Del Rio. Del Rio was set in his ways. Nothing was going to change until these guys got hurt. Once mm-hmm. the guys got hurt, he was forced to change, and he was mm-hmm. forced to do the different things and and new things and 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 guys play with a different attitude because he he didn't uh, maybe didn't allow the, the the substitute guys the freedom that he allowed the guys who were uh who were starting but but um it's not because it was oh yeah i told you these guys were turning around it was like uh, out of necessity or desperation or whatever it was mm-hmm. so uh, let's see how they do when they're not desperate. After we, um, you know, after we hit eleven and six this year, go a couple of rounds in the playoffs. Let's see how they coach. <laughs> so, like I said last year, they made the playoffs with a losing records after having no mini camps. This year, they had a, a, a full mini camps and all that mm-hmm. stuff, a full mm-hmm. training camp, and started out two and six. So, um, right. Let's let's <laughs> yeah, that's. They won't be on the hot seat, so that that's God. That was a that was a good one, man. That was mm-hmm. a good one. They that's yeah. uh, it's news, but I don't want it to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I'm not sure if I don't want it to be or not, but it's definitely news um, because you know, again, nothing cures things like winning. Right. Um, and 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 the the thing is, no matter how frustrated we seem to be with the on the field results. They are definitely changing things off the field with the players. You know what I mean? And with the team, you feel like you're watching and dealing with a professional team now, a professional organization uh, when it comes to the players and the coaches. The stuff that happens corporately, you know, litigation will work that all out. But <laughs> if you know what I mean. But you feel so. I I I think that that as long as the team is winning. Uh, the staff will be safe and secure and not on a hot seat because of what we see on the field and how the team seems to be ran from a player personnel standpoint and a coach's standpoint. So uh, begrudgingly or not, I do think that that that's <laughs> probably news uh, uh, <laughs> for the Washington uh, football team. So a couple of the things that I want to, I want to get on, I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, Heineke because again, I, I'm not sure if there is a bigger story on the team. It's so funny because you know, Chase Young, who's obviously the star of the team, he gets hurt. And, man, two games in, we're not really talking about him not being in the game as a storyline. Heineke is still the storyline. And, uh, you know, number one, you couldn't be happier for a person who at this time last year had no clue what he was going to be doing as right. far as NFL stuff. Um, but but then also, you know, again, someone who just seems to be, you know, an underdog for life and he's getting his chance. And he's making the most of it. Can Heineke really be a franchise quarterback? Well, um, you're talking to the wrong guy here because I absolutely despise the term franchise quarterback. I, okay. I think that okay. mm-hmm. I think that that denotes a guy that you can just take on any team and he would automatically win. I mean, now granted, Brady went to uh, Brady went to uh, Tampa. Tampa was stocked, man, and had a, mm-hmm. a good coach. A good offensive coordinator and a good defensive coordinator, right? And then ended up getting like Antonio Brown, somebody who can play. Right. Any, you know, the only team in the world that this dude could play for was Tampa. Haven't heard a peep out of him since he's been in Tampa, right? So, mm-hmm. but 
But what other quarterback can do that? I mean, look at Stafford. He goes to L.A., they win a few games, they lose a few games, right? It is, it's the same all over the league. So um, it's too much to expect a guy to come in and just automatically change the franchise. Like a guy, like a Trevor Lawrence is is a pro a pro quarterback. He has all the physical skills. I don't know the guy mentally. It looks like he can play the game of football, but he's not a miracle worker, <laughs> right? You know? Right, right, right. So they might do that in the old, uh, the old uh, sideshow sense of come, you know, sell some, buy some tickets, see Trevor Lawrence, and uh, something like that. But as far as winning, someone who can manage your offense, who can run the offense, run the plays that you designed for him. And you develop a knack of designing plays for him within his ability. Don't ask him to throw uh, 80 times a game, 80 yard passes, right? But, you know, roll them out, move them around. Um, he could be your quarterback for a long time. He can be, mm-hmm. he could be. It depends on the perspective they look, the way they look at him. Can right. we work, can we build around him? Can we work with him? Because if they're, if they're, it's just like the guys in defense, instead of thinking about the defense, thinking about their celebration. If they're not thinking about building around him, if they're thinking about what else they can do without him, they're losing something. They're not all, they're not fully invested in what's happening right here. And you can never get the most out of the situation. And you talk about the way they look at him. You said that, um, you know, what is it about uh, Taylor Heineke and just other quarterbacks that teams miss on that they don't see, you know, like, like he was in Carolina. And Carolina did any and everything they could do from bringing Sam Donald in. Then they got P.J. Walker playing. Then they bring back Cam Newton. Then they go back to P.J. Walker. And he was there the whole time. What is it about some of these guys like Heineke that 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 franchises just miss on? I honestly think that guys uh, like personnel guys and coaching guys get get kind of like tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. And, but the, the tunnel that they're looking at is, is, is in the shape of the ideal player. Okay. They, they try to bring guys in who will fit that silhouette, who will fit exactly what I think this guy needs to be to do what I have to do. And, and, and if they fall short, it's a shortcoming of the player as opposed mm-hmm. to the way they were looking at the player. And, and I think that a lot of guys, they, they just need a chance. They just need an opportunity. And and now, not saying that that that, that he is perfect. He has grown this season, you know, from mm-hmm. you know, diving the yard short in Green Bay to you know throwing a side a sidearm pass that the guy hit and the ball went uh, counterclockwise, getting to the receiver right there. <laughs> that was a Heineken yeah. pass. Nobody that else was could so pull that weird, off. wasn't it? It was so weird. Yeah, yeah. No one else could pull that off. It's that want to that want to make the ball. Uh, as, as my basketball, well, I'll player. interrupt you. One player could pull that off, Tony Romo. But anyway, go ahead. Oh yeah, right. He's a Romo. He's he's Tony Romo. That's who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to want to. You got to want to. You you know. And and that's the, that's the cool thing about rooting for a guy like that. But but coaches sometimes uh, they get they all get lost in the analytics and the the, the numbers and the cybermetrics and and. Uh, <laughs> You know, we need a guy who's six foot four on third down with five yards with the wind blowing to the south or leap mm-hmm. year. You know, they, they <laughs> do that. I've heard Rivera say that the numbers call for us to do this in this situation. He, you know, you got to, the numbers are a good foundation, but you can't play off the numbers. You got to go off your, your football acumen, your instinct. And Joe Gibbs used to say, your gut is a gut mm-hmm. check. Uh, mm-hmm. 
So. That's what we used to call it. Vets. Vet check. Vet check. And yeah, so, right. yeah, it's the Federal Football Report, Federal News Network, 1500 AM, and uh, anywhere where you get your fine podcast. On the other side of this break, Kevin and I are going to talk a little bit about Christmas. It is beginning to look a lot like Christmas, and we'll do a Christmas decoration check-in at both of our houses coming up after the break on the Federal Football Report. United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and America's largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal law enforcement agencies through our many varied programs, including free safety equipment donations, free officer survival training, cash donations, and condolence letters to the family of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty. USDSA also offers college scholarships for the dependent children of law enforcement along with a citizen awareness program and thank you cards to law enforcement. These are just some of the ways United States Deputy Sheriff's Association assists America's law enforcement and the citizens they serve. For more information about United States Deputy Sheriff's Association or to see how you can help, visit www.usdeputy.org. United States Deputy Sheriff's Association, taking training to the next level because lives are on the line the ones that matter most are the children there is a special place in south dakota a place of hope love safety and opportunity for native american children this place is saint joseph's indian school here we preserve traditions provide lakota kids a safe place to learn Attend to the mind, body, heart, and spirit of every child in our care. As a father, I feel very good about leaving my kids here and they have way more opportunities here. I can come on campus and I can feel the good vibes and the children, they can really grow. Together, we are giving Lakota children brighter futures and a proud connection to their past. To learn more, go to helplakotakids.org today. If you talk, they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. So talk, you can do it if you try. Ladies and gentlemen, it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas on the Federal Football Report, 1500 AM, federalnewsnetwork.com. Uh, uh, also, you can listen online and uh, anywhere where you get your fine podcasts. As we record now, Kevin's in his home. I'm in my ho- home. I'm in my family room. We've got the family room pretty much all decked out for Christmas. The Christmas tree still has to be decorated in the family room. Uh, as we speak, it's on mute, but I've got the Hallmark channel on. 
got the Christmas <laughs> movies playing in the background. <laughs> Kevin, so if I had to go um, a percentage-wise, we are probably 90% done with everything. Like the, the family room Christmas tree has to be decorated. The living room Christmas tree has to be decorated. All the stuff outside is done and everything else, for the most part, is done. So we've got Christmasville happening here at the house. What about you? Well, if you look at the physical appearance, I'd say we're uh, about 90 percent. We, we uh, nice. uh, the family room is done. Uh, 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 the outside is, is pretty much done. And all all thanks to the lovely Mrs. Stanfield, because I haven't okay. lifted <laughs> one garland, one tinsel. <laughs> you know, uh, and, you know, I'm I'm the, uh, the I guess, the practical one of the household. Like when we finished the basement, I designed a room, a little closet under the stairs specifically for storage. Uh, because I knew my wife would like the, uh, um, you know, Christmassy things and and decorating for fall and such. And right now, my basement looks like someone took Santa's workshop, put it uh, put it in the basement, put a hand grenade in the middle of it, and it just blew up. Because <laughs> it's Christmas all over, thing all over my basement right now. Before we recorded, I had a conversation. I said, "Look, dear, can we just throw away some of the stuff, not all of it, because we just don't need to keep everything in the whole world." <laughs> yes, you have to keep. You have to keep it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah but apparently keep. you do have to keep it all. But the one plan I, I have is uh, taking my granddaughter is five and just taking her and reliving the experience I had with my kids, which is going to one of these uh, lots in the middle of a Safeway, Safeway parking lot with the mm-hmm. guys with the barrel with the fire in it. Mm-hmm. And it's out there cold and it's, it's living in the trailer and buying a live tree. And um, nah, uh-huh, let her pick uh-huh. out the tree and we'll just decorate it any way a five-year-old wants to decorate the tree. Right. <laughs> now, now, I know Manny had had, had grand design. Manny probably had had like the, the architectural paper and he was designing what the oh, tree of course. Was yeah, and yeah. how the lights were going to hit it and what should go where. Colors, and, yeah. colors, colors. And, 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 and Sierra, my wife, she likes the classic Christmas. She likes, you know, the white lights and, and, and fine ornaments. Me and Manny, just colors, colors, the <laughs> yeah. bulbs. We can go to the dollar store and get everything we need because it's just, it, you know, it, 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 she's it's her and other people think it's tacky. I don't think it's tacky. It's Christmas. It's, it's Christmas. colors. It's kids. It's imagination. It's, yeah, it's fun. Our, our family, our family room tree is 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 blue. The the theme is the, the tree is green. The tree itself is green. It's a fake tree, you know, like fake tree or not. It's a fake tree, but it's adorned <laughs> in blue blue and silver ornaments with Got blue that. ribbons with silver trim and you guys have a dallas cowboys tree yeah you know what i'm gonna tell her that it's probably <laughs> take the whole thing down it's probably take the whole thing down yeah, that's true but here's the funny part to me like i said the green the tree is green and you look at the whole tree you might see maybe eight percent green <laughs> everything okay. else is decorated you might see a little bit of green here or there, mm-hmm. but everything else is just covered, man. So, uh, uh, so that's where it, we're standing here uh, right now. But my, my the, the joy I will get is uh, a getting the, the the real tree, the little Charlie Brown tree, and decorating it, and mm-hmm. b getting rid of some uh, uh, of these excess ornaments because tomorrow's trash day, and I'll be singing. I feel you. Throwing them away. Nice. And so we do this whole like kind of ornament recycle thing with our family. So I've got some stuff that I don't want anymore, but I got to take it to my mom's house so she can look through it. My sister's going to look through it. And then it's on them to throw it away or, not, or store it in their house with other things. 
that they don't necessarily need. We're just fine with me. It doesn't, it doesn't really bother me at all. So when it comes to Christmas stuff, uh, uh, just a quick impromptu question. Uh, folks are out shopping now for their loved one. What the, the, their loved one? What do you buy the football fan in your life as a football fan, the Washington football fan? What do you what do you what do you get? Oh well, you know, I, I'm thinking this year the, the way to go is the Heineke jersey, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. the way to go this year because that's either way it goes, it's a collector's item because the, right. the legend will be here. Because we've had a lot of quarterbacks in this town. We've had anywhere from 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 Tony Banks to to mm-hmm. what was those Gus Florida boys? Yeah, Gus Ferrat, mm-hmm. the, the Florida boys. Uh, mm-hmm. That that uh, that that. Uh, uh, what's his name brought in here? All those guys. Spurrier. Right? Yeah, the Spurrier. Yeah, Spurrier brought, brought in. Brought in. You know, but 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 this dude comes with his own legend. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. uh, 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 the Heineken jersey would would will be the way to go this year and uh, uh, next year some season tickets because we know somebody who works uh, for the organization that probably get us the hookup, right? But 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 what about on your end, man? What what do you give the uh, the Burgundy and Gold fan in your house? Yeah, you know what. Same thing. I think I think I think you go, you know, you go uh, Jersey, but I think you can also go T-shirt Jersey. You know, they got these T-shirts that have yeah, the player's yeah. name on the back. Of it. So if you don't want to spend a ton of money on a Jersey, you can spend some money, you know, on that. I think a, a, a beverage cup is another thing you can you can you can pay, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can get, which is which is pretty cool. Um, I, I, what's interesting is, is that now if you're married to this person and, and it's an interesting <laughs> gift could be. You know, uh, although most people experience this anyway, maybe it's, you know, uh, a gift certificate to a local sports bar like Green Turtle, something like that. Like, hey, uh-huh. the next time you, there's a game, here's a gift certificate. You know, you can go out. Don't worry about the kids. No one's going to bother you. Go out. Watch it. here. You know, like an like like an experience or something like mm-hmm. that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, for them. Gifts that don't necessarily cost you a whole lot, but but means a lot, even if it's like, right. hey. You know, the rest of this, your Christmas gift is to watch the rest of the games without any, you know, uh, 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 disruptions and don't need to go out. Either. You know, so this thing. from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.